everybody, and welcome to the Energetic Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa LaFera, an astrologer, tarot consultant, and all-around creative from sunny San Diego, California. And this is the 121st episode of the podcast, airing October 18th, 2021. Now, in this episode, I am delighted to present to you my discussion with my Capricorn moon twin friend, astrologer Colin Bedell, who joined me on the podcast to chat about Scorpio season 2021. And so Colin and I dive into this year's juicy Scorpio season that is pulling out all the stops. And we spent a good time uh, talking about the characteristics of the fixed water sign and its Taurian counterpart, along with the Saturn-Uranus square, uh, which will be lit up once again, and the switching axes of the eclipse portal that is opening up and marking the end of the transformative Scorpio season. Because spoiler alert, we have a lunar eclipse coming. So prepare for lots of laughter and some fast and witty dialogue about generally sincere topics, because that's what people with a mixture of Gemini, Leo, and Capricorn do. Now, a fabulous way to show appreciation for this podcast and my astrological efforts is by making a one-time donation over at Mel's Tip Jar or by booking a personal consultation with yours truly, all of which can be done over at my site at energeticprinciples.com. And just a reminder, if you haven't signed up for my new monthly newsletter yet, The Heavenly Wind, you, there's still time to do so. Before you know it, November will be coming out. And so I have really enjoyed putting this together for the last couple of months. So if it's something you'd be interested in, uh, come on over to my website and sign up. It is free, of course, and it's really the only email I send. So you don't have to worry about getting anything else in the mail from me for the most part. Um, but what do I do? I outline key transits for the month. And and add descriptive taglines for the energy below them to kind of like, you know, if a transit was a chapter of a book, what would it be called? That sort of thing. Um, and I write about the personal planets and their moves. I do an elemental tarot spread for the month and of course share an animal ambassador. So come on down, sign up for the heavenly wind and get it in your inbox. Now, just another note, my dear friend and fellow, uh, fellow Cancerian and past uh, podcast guest who actually will be joining me in the next podcast, just FYI, along with Shu Yap, spoiler alert, uh, Spencer Michaud is still doing his Deccan series for the fall. Um, and so the next one, the Scorpio Deccans, will be, he's going to be airing his webinar, which will be live two and a half hour interactive online workshop on November 11th. Um, of course, 2021, it's a Saturday, uh, and it'll be at 1 p.m. Eastern time. So you have to check this out. The Libra one was so thorough. Uh, and if you're interested in the Libra one, he is selling a three-part bundle for $125 because he's going to do Scorpio and Sagittarius, uh, which you can still catch live, but you can get the replay of Libra. So come on down to his website, which I'll link it in the uh, description of the podcast where you listen to this and also on my webpage. And so you can either sign up for the Scorpio webinar that is coming up once again on November 11th, or you can get the three-part bundle. Uh, the webinar is $45 and the bundle is $125. Um, but, you know, I do have a special code. So if you listen to me and then type in EP20 at checkout, you can get 20% off either the one webinar or the bundle. So definitely go check Spencer out because he's kind of amazing and he is so knowledgeable. All right. That was a mouthful. Now, who is ready to hear all about Scorpio season 2021? 
Here we go. Now let's meet our guest. All right. I am so happy and joyful and already smiling from ear to ear to welcome Colin Bedell on the podcast. Thanks for joining me, Colin. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Melissa. I know the audience can't see it, but I also have a shit eating grin on my face right now. So I'm doing good, girl. I'm doing good. <laughs> yeah. We just had a, you know, we just had a, like a 10 minute powwow. Uh, we, we never got to like actually talk to each other no. before, uh, no. but I've always wanted to have Colin on Likewise. the program because I just, in, well, I enjoy his social media videos so much. Cause I'm like, Colin, just keep talking fast and loud at me, dance at me. I do it. Like I, <laughs> How many times can I like this is pretty much what, <laughs> what happens there. <laughs> I'm honored by that. It's because you got that Martin Gemini as we were uh, discussing earlier. Thank you. And I've, I'm so happy to talk to you because loved your Capricorn moon aesthetic right away. Obviously, you are so intelligent and so connected to the astrological community. And you come so uh, endorsed and appraised by others. I'm like, why haven't I met this one yet? So I'm so glad we got to do it. Thank you for yeah. having me, Moon Twin Melissa. I know. Capricorn Moon's in the house. So Being recorded uh, under a Capricorn Moon right now, too. So it's over for you, bitches. It is. It is. Okay? It is. It is. And it's first <laughs> quarter. So you know, you know there's going to be action here today. <laughs> That's right. Punch in the mic. Oh, I love it. All right. Well, you know, and there's going to be action because we're going to be talking about Scorpio season yes, 2021. Yes, Scor it, this yes. is mm, there's things. There's <laughs> things. And you probably have such a found. I'm so excited to talk to you about your Scorpio rising and your Uranus conjunct the Ascendant because, yeah, I think who better than you to like walk us through this? We'll, we'll try. I'll try to keep up. But I, yeah, no, you get it. Let's get the party started. Yes. Grab, grab a hold of my stinger. Boom. We'll, uh, we'll. <laughs> We'll take our way through this. Let's do it. Um, but before we get started here, just in case people do not know who Colin is, Colin, mm -hmm. tell the people who you Tell be. the people. Okay, who I be. I be Colin. Um, I'm a Gemini sun, Capricorn moon, Leo rising. I'm an astrologer. I've been an astrologer since 2017. So we're just about to approach the five-year mark. <laughs> I am from Long Island, New York, which is where this is being recorded. And uh, yeah, I, I think it's important to acknowledge, I don't know why I feel the need to disclose this. And I, and I know this isn't like unique to me by any stretch of the imagination, but I really had no intention of ever becoming a professional astrologer. It sort of happened by when I had no other choice. And so <laughs> I just wanted to acknowledge like, you know, I am uh, here through just a cumulative experience, a cumulative series of accidents and inquiries and oh, who knew? And then I, and now I'm a astrologer. I'm still shocked, to be yeah. honest with you. Um, but it's been such an, an extraordinary career, as I know you know it is for you as well. It's just completely opened up my world and widened it, but also deepened it so beautifully. Mm -hmm. And I love what I do. I love the, the stories I get to bear witness to. Uh, I love the relationships that have formed. I love the places it's taken me. And uh, I'm just so grateful for this work, especially now, because I think you know, from one cat moon to another, you know, the world is going through this extraordinary revolution on work, productivity, professionalism, and the fact that I have had a career since 2017 that's given me such meaning, like true meaning, um, is just something that I am immeasurably thankful for. Hmm. Well, yeah. I feel like, you know, to become a, a working astrologer, it's like a cosmic decree. You know, <laughs> yeah, like right. there is no, like, I don't know how many of us 
you know, like there's a lot of us that didn't know we'd be here. No, oh uh, God, no. And it's like the universe, you know, throws you. Hakate stands in the way, and she's yes. like, she's like, what are? She's like, oh, you want to go this way? You want to go that way? Well, guess what? We have already set this path for you. So just, <laughs> well, just succumb it's to uh, to what we would like you to do here. Just surrender. Just, just surrender. surrender. <laughs> and you know that's for the people who didn't feel like they were going to do it to begin with. Because I thought I was just going to be this, you know, famous musician as any Leo Midheaven would. Um, but you <laughs> the know, day is young. The day, the day is, is young. young. The Come day on. is young. Um, <laughs> but you know, like the universe twisted my path to throw totally. this in, in my face. And then there's other people that I know want to be professional astrologers. And then they, and it takes them so long to actually like get the, the gumption to like yeah. take the leap, which is a yes. whole other side of it too, where, you know, you have to throw yourself into it, but either way, we, we all, uh, don't go so willingly. I suppose. No, no, <laughs> kicking and screaming. And you know what? You're just making me think of. I want to make sure we cover uh, Scorpio and all the energy happening this month. But I'm currently reading a book by uh, Dr. Sarah Lewis, and it's called The Rise, and it's about creativity, mastery, and the gift of failure. And so Dr. Lewis explains really beautifully the distinction between a kind of success-oriented mindset and a mastery-oriented mindset, and that a mastery-oriented mindset is the divine dissatisfaction of a goal forever out of reach, whereas success is more outcome-specific. And so when you're a working astrologer, you have a mastery-focused mindset because none of us know everything about the craft, and yet we're constantly trying to innovate but honor what has worked traditionally so it's this really gnarly, complicated space. But I think that what we all have in common is the pursuit of mastery and the incompletion that always comes along with reaching for the ever armored almost, you know? I have, oh, you're, spe- you're speaking my life. I'm a- <laughs> Capricorn <laughs> moons, right? Well, with Gemini's in, in our chart. Well, <laughs> a Capricorn moon uh, ruled by Saturn and Virgo. You oh, do, oh, you oh. just you just nailed like you know, I know, um, and that's the, but that's the thing too, and it's like it, we are ruled by this um, this mastery of the craft and no, yes. and the thing is the understanding that you're knowing that you and being okay with the fact that you'll never get there, and that's actually the magic in it because Absolutely. otherwise, what happens is you get disappointed or you get uh, you know perfectionism syndrome where oh, you yeah. don't go after things 100%. or are able to complete you know, right. because right. of that um so That's it's right. like making peace with that yes while honoring the fact that you know we're all on this master track and yeah. it, is, it is not about finding the end destination it never no. is no well because i think I, I i just posted this on instagram a few weeks ago but astrology in and of itself is incomplete so yeah. naturally our study, our research, our contributions around it is going to feel incomplete and that's okay. And I, I, it's funny when we were preparing for what I was preparing for the topics that I wanted to discuss for Scorpio season, I always talk about Scorpio and shame resilience and making mm-hmm. sure that we're very careful about the stories we tell ourselves about our productivity, creativity, and lovability. And I think especially as astrologers, we have to be very careful about the way that we make meaning and talk to ourselves about our work the uh, a false sense of completion, et cetera, et cetera, so that we can do so from a place of grounded confidence and humility mm. and really normalize it for other astrologers too, so that we're not thinking we're the only ones who have this little dirty secret, <laughs> you know? Because I, I, I do have to tell others sometimes, like, listen, we all feel this way. No one feels complete. No one feels like we have achieved mastery. So just start. Yeah. I don't know. Don't get me started. No, get us started. I'm getting you started. Yeah, you are. Uh, (laughs) 
Come on, I turned that key. That Come engine on. is revved. Yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, that being said, well, maybe we'll put that on ice for another time. You can yeah. join me about things such as um, yes. starting but, before you're ready. Yeah, a cautionary tale. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, Scorpio season. Yes, Scorpio season. My goodness, I can't believe we're already at almost the end of 2021. First off, I'm like I'm woo. still in 2019. How about you? What year are you still stuck in? I'm in like 1985 because I never. <laughs> <go>. <laughs> oh man, I wish I was. I'm like, I'm like, take me back to when it was simple. No, it was, um, it was like I I forget what I was looking at the other day. Actually, I don't know if it was pictures or oh no, you know what it was? I went on some crazy YouTube loop of watching like 80s commercials of like kids commercial and like candy commercials <sighs> and stuff. And I'm like, oh, I remember that. And and me and my partner were like, wow. What a, what a simple, simple time, time, you know, like just looking at what was being presented. I was like, oh my God, that was the is... Care Bears commercial in that. Um, I don't know, but I love to eat some Care Bears. Yeah, yeah, oh, there might've been some gummy bears in yeah, there. But, those, uh... are, those were 80 commercial, 80s commercials uh, galore. As I just remember the Care Bear commercials from the 80s. I was born in 1989, but I just watched a bunch of YouTube videos on commercials from the 80s and 90s. That's so weird. Oh, well, apparently we're on the same track. Clearly nostalgia. (laughs) Great minds. (laughs) Are nostalgic. Capricorn Moon, right? Going back in time, going back in time. Yes, yes. Going back in time. So that being said, well, Scorpio, you know, gets Scorpio season. I don't know. Things get real in Scorpio season. They do. You, they you, really do. you fail it. They really um, do. So just a heads up that starts. It's interesting. It like uh, carries us over a threshold here in the in mm. America because it's actually Friday the twenty second, October twenty second mm. for Pacific. But if you're mm-hmm. over on call in time in the Eastern time zone. <laughs> It's now CT. Wait, that's already taken. CT, damn it. It's it's already taken. Um, (laughs) It's actually going to be early Saturday, the 23rd. So so let's, before we go into the nitty gritty details of Scorpio Mm. season, let's talk a little bit about Scorpio energy, like fixed water stuff, about Mars, uh, which rules Scorpio. And and some astrologers will add Pluto in there, and they're Mm. both intense. Mm. Um, Oh, yeah. Nothing comfortable about those two. No, they're especially when they get together and they're (laughs) and we basically go into scorpio season right after mars squares pluto so we will Mm. be feeling both right as we enter so colin what scorpio what comes to what comes to mind what comes to mind you know it definitely shame resilience i know we had just mentioned that but especially it's trust I Mm. really try to make sure that in my client sessions and in the work that I'm doing, talking about Scorpio, that we make that word less gauzy and really, really, really understood. And so I love the work of a lot of researchers on this topic. I love Rachel Botsman, who studies privacy and trust in the digital age. She defines trust as a confident relationship with the unknown. Mm. And then there's Charles Feltman, who has a book called The Thin Book of Trust. And he says it's when trust is when we make something important to us vulnerable to the decisions of others. And it's just, yeah. And so we know the definition, right? But what does it look like in you know specific behavior? What's the context, the color, the connective tissue, right? And so when I think about Scorpio season, I think that each and every one of us are on an inquiry around what is trust for me? How do I know that it's built? How do I know that it's complicated? What's my context around trust? And how do I, to the best of my capabilities, communicate that in real time to the people who I'm co-regulating trust with? 
right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I, and this is actually something I'm going to be real. I definitely think this is something that not that the East Coast has a monopoly on, but mm-hmm. is, is absolutely encouraged to do is when you observe something, you say it within 15 minutes. There's no, let me talk about people. It's I'm going to talk to people, mm-hmm. to the person who I observe this behavior with and say, hey, look, I got to have a tough conversation with you about your reliability issue. You said you were going to do X and you did Y and you didn't do it correctly the first time. So can we, do we have to have a cleanup conversation about that? Right. So mm-hmm. I really value having vocabulary and sentence stems around reviewing and contextualizing trust for people. So that tends to be the crux of my work during Scorpio season is the communication and the sentence stems around trust, trustworthiness, distrust. Uh, Feltman dis, uh, describes distrust as uh, when something important and valuable to you is not safe with someone. You know, so it's just, these are great things to be thinking about. I shouldn't say great. These are necessary things. The necessary things. <laughs> and then us as astrologers, you know, really just grounding people in the vocabulary while the North Node is in Gemini for like another 15 minutes. Yeah. So that's my quick little, uh, like broad stroke. I'm, I'd be curious to know what you think as a Scorpio broad, Well, yeah. I, you know, the trust thing, that the trust thing is really, it's a, it's a Scorpio zone for sure. And I feel Absolutely. it's, it's, I feel it's spillover in the, in the Taurus Scorpio axis. That's right. Um, that's right. That's right. And there is, there is something to say about, uh, just a little spoiler alert. We have a, a full moon lunar eclipse at Do the we? end at the end oh, of this uh season that is yeah, going to start do. introducing us to the Scorpio and Taurus eclipses that yes. are going to be um pretty much underway really in 2022 and early 2023. So you know bringing the idea of trust up because as a Scorpio rising like I have definitely been in that so there's a, there's different levels of trust that have, uh, that have, I have encountered. There has been, Mm. uh, the too much trusting for me with, uh, well, I do have a Pisces South node. So there's me a little, (laughs) Oh, we have opposite nodes. Oh, we do. There we go. go. Um, so there is, there's that, uh, Mm. there's also the breach of trust, which I have definitely been on the end of. Yeah. And the, re- the giver and the receiver at times. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And there is like the question of trust, which is so funny because my current partner, he's always like, like our whole, he's a Sag rising. And that's, that's why I love, he's a Capricorn Sag, right? With some Cap- uh, Sag rising. And so when you did your video the other day talking about Venus and Sagittarius and it being like, really, the, I forget the word you used, uh, the Safe adjective to trust. Well, in, in oh. like an un- the trust you use trust, but you had a, a, oh, a thing before that. <laughs> that's okay. That's all the Gemini. It comes I'm... in, it comes out. Um, <laughs> I'm so glad I'm talking to you. Yeah. We'll normalize this <laughs> too. But it was you were basically just saying it, it like it's an unconditional trust. You might have said something mm. along those lines, where mm. it trusts so inherently that it's able that's to right. take risks. It's able oh, to, yes. you know, like yes, and, he, and he is always yelling at me, trust trust just trust me like he wants to you know trailblaze a path uh, on, on, on this like we're we're out in the in the wild i want to stick to the trail he wants to go somewhere where the signs are basically saying don't and he's do like, not trust. enter right i know i know trust. and i'm like but this but capricorn was like the sign says here right. There's that we fence. stay yes and yes. i know that somebody cut through but i don't want to be the people who follow okay exactly <laughs> 
So he yells trust at me. Oh my gosh, I end up trusting. Okay. And, and, has, uh, and it's worked you... out every time. I'm like, you know, it, it has. And I actually have a stick it, a stick it, a post, a stick, a, it, a, note. A stick it, a post, a post it note on myself. <laughs> that note sticks it to me every day. Yep. It really does. Um, <laughs> on my computer that says, uh, trust is another word for love. And it's beautiful. That's and it beautiful. just, and it came out of the the um it actually Scorpio rising. It came out of the mouth actually of a dear friend who had lost his wife uh prematurely. And mm. he wrote it in like a little like blurb for her um after <sighs> she had passed. And it really stuck with me. I was like, trust Gosh. is another word for love. Well, and that's the thing with the Scorpio energy too, is there is that, you know, this is the time of year where things die. There's regeneration, that's you know, right. like that's everything's right. falling back into the soil and being that's composted right. in some way. That's um right. And that that fixed water energy, like it almost like liquefies it so it can drain down into the soil so that it can mm. then be a nutrient to mm. have, you know, what spring will eventually be. Mm. But we have to go through this dark phase and usually That's the right. dark phase, there is a darkening, right? You know, mm-hmm. like it, it gets increasingly darker, increasingly mm. colder, at least here in the, the northern hemisphere. You know, That's right. like people in Australia are like, what are you talking what about? What are you it's, talking about, you Americans? <laughs> it's, it's bright. It's springy. Right. Come to Sydney. Out. Yeah. All right. So, but uh, I'm sure they have their own archetypes of yes. that type of thing that goes I'm on sure. with them there. But you know, those those are the kind of things when I think about and what you brought up too uh, with the beginning of Scorpio and being more direct. Yes, that, this is Mars. You know, Mars yeah, right. is direct. And mm-hmm. um, direct can be a little spicy, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and we were like commiserating over this earlier. And I, I, I think that uh, to use Dr. Brené Brown's line, that clear is kind, unclear is unkind. Mm. I think people falsely equate clear, direct communication with unkindness. And um, I, I, I guess this is one advantage. There are several disadvantages, but I think this is one advantage of being a native New Yorker is we just don't have any time or cultural permission to not be anything other than very clear and direct with people delivered with a tone of just thought you might like to know. Yeah. Right. Not you're right. I'm wrong. Shut up. But it is just this quality of like, I will tell you because I actually see it as a betrayal to withhold this information against you. Mm. It's, it's true. Like, you know, like the Scorpio does not pussyfoot around. Like there is, no. <laughs> there's no pussyfoot. That's why uh, they're my girls. They're <laughs> my girls, especially when I'm at parties. Oh, forget it. We have so much fun. We don't get uh, it. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Focus. Focus. Well, Focus. that's the thing. That's also a thing with Focus. Mars Scorpio. Yeah, and right. Scorpio. Fixed. This is fixed energy. There's an intense focus that gets underway right. here too. Uh, and there's, when we have intense focus, we also have passion. You yeah, know, baby. There is passion here. Right. There's passion. There's intimacy. Yes. And I also want to say too, because I think this doesn't get the credit it deserves. What I really love about my Scorpio friends, Melissa, is they are also among the first to celebrate and clap for me when things are going well. Mm. You know, I think a lot of times we talk about Scorpio bearing witness to the darkness and the grief <laughs> and the shame, right? But my Scorpios are the first ones to like show up at a birthday party. They're the first one to be like, hey, heard about this. Congratulations. And a lot of people don't always do that. And that's what I really value about Scorpio is they are present to the birthday and they're also at the funeral. You know, mm. they're not just selectively experiencing one side of the continuation and casually disregarding the other. They are so present to the joy and 
the heartbreak, the love and the grief. And I love that about them very much. And I always want to make sure people know that, that there's a levity to them some, sometimes. No, there's a levity and, <laughs> and, a, and a proximity to also what gives life meaning, which is joy, which is laughter, song and dance, which is connection, you know, which is, you know, the kind of what's the, what, what are those two masks? It's like the one that's crying. Oh, and the, one that's the comedy and drama or comedy. Yeah. and uh, Yes. Something, the, something. But we, we people should know. <laughs> we, it. Okay. We, we like to forget about the other something. Right. You're like well, tragedy, comedy and tragedy, comedy and tragedy. That's the symbol of Scorpio for me. I just wanted to acknowledge. Mm, I love that. I can see yeah. that. Well, everything you just said spoke to the one key word for Scorpio that occasionally we tend to forget is loyalty. Oh. Like these we are loyal today now. No, to to a fault sometimes, you know. Like there's oh. there's a loyalty, and, and that's the thing. It's like you can be loyal in your relationships, but you could also be loyal to uh, ideas or emotions or things. And that's mm. so you almost have to check your loyalties at some point right. because right. if you're emotionally loyal to something that it does need to fall by the wayside, or you need that's to heal right. in some way, and you're loyal yeah. to the like what you started out with saying about stories that are yeah. a signed with things. It's like, you know, check your loyalties. Um, That's right. That's a good point. Just because it's like, if you, you know, because we show up like Scorpio shows up. So you want to show up to the right party, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah, they do. And I, and I value that so much about them. And they often don't get that celebration of that. They are loyalty to you when things are going well and when you, they need empathy too. And yeah, it makes me think about fixed sign as like the energy fixed signs as the energy of fealty. Mm-hmm. And that isn't an interesting that mutable signs follow, not always from like, you know, for, I'm not assuming that it's linear and like evolutionary, but there is this quality of like, well, and when do we have foolish consistency? Yeah. You know, and the mutable signs are like, all right, let's rethink, let's reevaluate <laughs> this work, this didn't, you know? Yeah. But I really love how the Scorpio is maintaining loyalty and emotional fealty to the, to the ideas, the values, the people and the places that give their life meaning. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Well, okay. So this, this, we've talked about the fixity of things and that's the fixity (laughs) and the fixity of 2021 (laughs) with the Saturn Uranus square. And so everyone is getting their dose of fixity. Mm. You're like, what, what am I fixating on in my life? What it was very (laughs) fixed that is now changing. What Mm. do I, what is uh, now shifting Mm. and I'm going to fix down because we're going through these very permanent long-term changes somewhere in our charts. We all are. And Scorpio season, this is like that fourth, uh, I keep likening it to like the, the wheel of fortune and like, kind of like, like there's like each click of the wheel. It's almost like they have like each cog that's like clicks into space place. It's like that has been this year, you know, February Mm. with the first square and the Aquarius action, then the Taurus action, and then the Leo action, which was very active for a lot of people, including myself. And now we are going to Scorpio. Um, Yeah. Oh, that's such a great analogy. You know, and so we're about to lock into place, basically. And sometimes locking is a little... Like it just like it's almost like I hear I imagine like this rusty wheel like it's because we're so mm. like in it we're like oh mm. and then <laughs> <laughs> oh you know and then <laughs> annoying <laughs> yeah and it can be it yeah. can be um yes so right. uh, thoughts on Saturn Uranus square energy Scorpio coming in any observations you've had well actually yeah. I would love to dialogue with you about how you've seen that made manifest in the astrological community. Mm, about speaking uh, of like Scorpio real talk, like 
<laughs> you know, I, I think there's a parallel phenomenon going on in terms of there. It's like, we want to change, but not so much. We need to preserve, but we need innovation. You know, yeah. it's like, we need to have standards of excellence, but mm-hmm. also we need to make sure that we're inclusive and accessible. It is complicated stuff. It is complicated stuff. It, it it is it is, and it's hard to find. Well, and that's the thing with squares is there is not necessarily a happy medium with squares, no. especially with the fixed signs. Forget it. Exactly. <laughs> they, like a square is literally a turn turn the corner, and that's why yeah, I love right, what uh, right. what Bernadette Brady writes about squares, where she talks mm. about it being um, nobody's fault. Like it's nobody's fault. When we have to go one way or the other, because it literally is a choice or it's one choice or another choice. And there isn't, even though we're talking about this all in Libra season right now, as we talk about this, (laughs) there really is no, you know, happy balance with it. It's like, no, I have to, if I want to have this or go after Mm. this, I Mm. have to make this choice and I can't have that too, or that doesn't come with. Or, you know, or I have to change this about myself so that I can go this direction or go with this person or uh, become this thing, you know, there it's not, and and it's nobody's fault. Like there's so like pointing and and blaming. We see a lot of that in the world for a lot of different things. There's there's a big, big division, um, you know, and there's, there's people that are Uranian, there's people that are Saturnian, uh, and there's people that are, being these archetypes that we wouldn't think are normally those archetypes either, because you know what I mean? Like, Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and Which makes so, me, yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, I, that's I, it. I, I was no, just adding was, extra words. <laughs> no, this, which makes me want to ask. Yeah. Because it will basically just summarize my relationship with Pisces men. So way to go. <laughs> Speaking of squares where it's like the Gemini wants to talk and the Pisces doesn't. Nobody's fault. Nobody's fault. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but I'm wondering, like, maybe with the North Node in Gemini, we could find both end and not only, but also, you know, mm-hmm. because I, I think that's what I am uh, trying to access the Saturn Uranus squares with is this quality of, well, they need each other. So what's this either or methodology about? Mm. And, but I, well, ahead. no, I'm just saying that that's true. That has been our, uh, and that's why it makes some makes it a little difficult on either end because we go through this fixed crunch and the either mm. or, but then the whole time, like destiny is pointing us to adaptability and, right. and mutability and, and understanding all yes. that. Like, and, yes. But that's only for so long, though. That's right. That's why you know like, we got a couple <laughs> months left, and then it's going to get well fixed. Um, so, <laughs> so we're we're dancing in that we we're are. still in that in between That's a little right. bit it's like when you're but, dancing on the dance floor and you hear a song transitioning but you're still dancing to dancing queen but they're about to put on like a donna summer you know bad girls moment you're like what song am I dancing to? I'm going to dance to both. I'm going to try to dance to both. Or that's the one I just love. I feel like I, you know I, I, I love, no, that I love, well, that's, that just speaks to Gemini in general. Um, but it's almost like you're listening to like dance and cream or maybe even yeah. little Donna summer, you know, okay. and then all of a sudden it starts to change. And then all of a sudden now it's slow song. You got to oh, grab, right, you got to right. dedicate, you got to grab that, that <laughs> partner, sudden, that Cindy choice, comes that on. like, yeah. you know, time and, after then, time. and yeah, <laughs> and it slows down, uh, slows way down. You're like, I was just, cause there's nothing at being a DJ for several years of my life. There is, I like, I was all about keeping the party going because yeah, it's got the are. worst and yeah. all of a sudden. <laughs> 
all of a sudden you hit a song and it is just like, it, it doesn't even have to be slow. Maybe it's just like the wrong vibe or the wrong yeah. beat. And you just watch the whole dance floor. Just like, look at you. Like, like have you experienced kind of greater like- heartbreak than that? <laughs> have you? Ever- it, it, it's, it's rough. It's it, if that is the definition of disappointment. <laughs> 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 I would imagine. I would imagine. But like, how about full, like, got to give you all the kudos in the world for that's like full body vulnerability to be like a DJ or a dancer. Like It, it is because you have to be in the flow continuously whoa. and you have to whoa. move fast. And, it, yes. and it's an intuitive art Yes, because yes. it's like you hear, like when I would DJ, I would hear the next, like I could just hear the next song. Yeah. I could hear it's like movement like it's waters yeah. inside yes, of me basically yes, yes, and yes, to yes. keep it going yes. and there's tons of djs out there and i'd have friends that would dj and they just don't have that same sensibility no. <laughs> um and no. you know those are the nights that you you just want to like sit and maybe play some games with some friends at the bar those were those weren't the dance <laughs> nights those weren't going to keep you rolling on the you know oh taking God. the fast track to 2 a.m you know <laughs> i don't want to take you off the track but i i have so many questions for you if we have the time later <laughs> You're going to tell me if you observed like what astrological configurations were the best for dance nights for dance night. Oh, I never, well, that's the thing is like when I, my DJ life and my astrological life, those were kind of like crossing paths. Oh, so okay. as I, st- I, so I never really thought about it, but I would say, cause then I went into music and, and I would be in a event planner and, and book shows a lot. So I would Love look it. at the moon to book shows. Um, <laughs> but and, Love it. and so it would be, you know, you, you would want that Leo energy. You'd want that Pisces mm-hmm. energy. You want fire, maybe yeah. some air or, yeah. or, or Pisces uh, would okay. get you there. And you'd want it to be like waxing or you'd want okay. it to be like after between first quarter and last quarter, typically, because oh, there's, okay. there's the most energy there. Book it yes. on a full moon, book it on a full fire moon. Watch out. Might be too much. Watch out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you listening if anybody's gonna be like, be, oh, wait, the bar is this fights be outside before the full moon in Aries. I don't think so, right? It's gonna be after. Damn. Um, okay, no, so I'll, it I'll is. No, um, it is going to be published but oh, two days before. Oh, so if you have anything to say, <laughs> I do. I'm gonna start dancing on Long Island. I can already think just the place. Okay, but that's okay. I'm gonna file that. And all of this to say, that's that's how the fixed energy. I've noticed around Saturn and Uranus is like, I would really love to see these as not necessarily problems that need to be solved, but polarities and paradoxes that have to be leveraged. I think Mm -hmm. that the cornerstone of my work is depolarizing astrology, depolarizing thinking, depolarizing problem solving, so that we can realize you can't have Saturn without Uranus and you can't have Uranus without Saturn. So what does it mean for us to have structure and freedom, innovation and standard? I mean, we can have a system to incorporate both. And if we can't, we're not thinking deeply hard enough. Yeah. And well, and that's the, that's the perfect uh, entry of Scorpio into this, yeah. right? Because Ooh, Scorpio okay. is going to give us the polarity of the Taurus energy, of that's the right. Uranian energy, that's right. of the, what do we need to heal in order for that dialogue to start to take place, you know, to be Ooh. like, where do we have to go deep within our emotional self when we are talking about like, when I was talking about loyalties of like things along those lines or when you brought up uh, shame, what we feel shameful uh, about or, or, or or being scapegoated for by others and and taking on shame in some way. And so this, cause you know, shame can lie within or it can be pushed on to you from without. Um, And so, so, 
So we're going to get a, a nice look at, uh, at polarity, especially in the, the Iranian um, realm um, with that tension that comes from Saturn and that communal placement of yeah. Aquarius energy yeah. and, and the fixed ideas, right? You know, oh, yeah. we're, we're, we have fixed emotions, we have fixed thoughts and, and mm. communications, we have mm-hmm. fixed physical mm-hmm. reality. These are mm-hmm. all coming up. <laughs> against each other basically Mm, yeah that's great i love that breakdown beautifully expressed well well, thank you hey come on now um (laughs) so this being said too another thing to think about with scorpio season is that we actually have a lot of planets that are direct again right you know i love that during during libra season we had pluto go direct um as we are talking right now saturn has stationed direct um uh jupiter and mercury are about to station direct um when actually when this podcast is going to air so hopefully it'll make it um but (laughs) i think it will it'll be on it'll be on the fast track to your ears uh so there is really only uranus which Mm. is interesting because uranus is going to be kind of challenged from scorpio here who's still retrograde so it makes me think too it's like one of the only planets retrograde we got uranus neptune and chiron but what but uranus still being retrograde and it being a focal point of all this scorpio Mm. energy Mm. like what what uranian impulse is internalized or needs to go back oh you know like i don't Mm. know any thoughts on that colin with uh that kind of being the only like backward energy so <laughs> yeah well it's it's making me actually remember this sort of liberating idea around shame which is that it is the universal emotion and i thinking of it from a uranian point of view right like and because it is one of the rulers of aquarius and thinking about the communal kind of shared humanity piece is that we all experience shame and the less we talk about it the more we have it and shame is not an effective learning device, and it is not something that is conducive to personal transformation individually. So thinking about it from a Uranus retrograde and Taurus point of view, I would wonder what systems and methods can we lean on that allow us to navigate individual and relational shame from a place of empathy, resilience, accountability, and behavior modification, mm-hmm. right? Because I can't rely on myself for courage, but I can rely on myself for systems that inspire courage. Right. I'm mm. very much a systems thinker too. Pluto conjunct my IC, square my ascendant. Like I'm all about a system. And I would love for us to imagine like what systems have us in place to maintain security and care and affection with each other when we are knee deep in shame because we are. What that would look like could be the shame resilience theory by Dr. Brene Brown. It could be talking with clinicians, psychologists, and healers in the area. But I think it's important for us to name it to identify what shame is and how we all experiencing it, how we all experience it, uh, for us to recognize where we go when we're in it, how we offload and disrespect other people, right? Because mm. I think that Taurus does have like a deep sense of um, commitment to belonging with other people. So there is this quality of like, because I belong with you, I have to maintain a certain level of impeccability here, right? So yeah. what systems help me do that? And what systems help me maintain connection to our common humanity? Yeah. 
Just mm. questions. Just questions. Just asking questions. You know. Uh, <laughs> oh, I love how you said the, the idea of like. I think you did. You say behavior adjustment. I might be behavior modification. Behavior Let's modification. Yeah. No, th- that spoke to me because when we think about Scorpio, um, the Moon in Scorpio is its place of fall, and mm. to me, the Moon. I like to call the Moon the behavior motivator because how we're gonna huh? how, how we how we behave is really motivated by our Moon most the, our Moon or the transiting mood, right? Because it's Whoa. like. Oh. It's motivating something. Yeah. So the idea of like you said, you know, the 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 shift or the adjustment there, it's like, well, what needs to fall within myself emotionally in oh. order for the behavior to, you know, <laughs> I think the wheel again. Love this. Um, <laughs> Back to this metaphor. We so need that it. we can is that so that we can, you know, dispel that shame, work ourselves yeah. into a, a better position emotionally. Because I feel we're all emotional creatures, even yes. if we don't like to think we are. Even our um, Capricorn moon cold. Bitches. I know it's cold ass bitches. Um, yeah, no, there, it's a lot of feeling within us all, even in, when yes. we're, we're very air driven too. Yes. Um, and and yes. some people, I think, I think it comes down to, it's not that anybody is more emotional than the other. It's Never. just like water is more aware of their emotionals mm. or more emotional self or more um, displaying of it. Mm, where mm. other, you know, like more air dominant or earth dominant people might not show it as much, but it's still there. It's still and there. so that's and right. it is a motivating factor to me. So to have that, I don't know, that's where my mind went when you brought. <laughs> oh, I love it. No, let's, <laughs> let's let our minds wander. Well, and I gave this talk at the, um, the astrology, London School of Astrology did it like astrology and cycles and actions. And um, I learned from the University of West Alabama, they have this phenomenal like social emotional learning facility that emotion, right, is a complex interrelated ongoing pattern of the following four things, right? Mm-hmm. So immediately when I saw four, I'm like, oh, please, dear Jesus, I hope there's elemental connections here, right? And the first one was a subjective emotional experience, right? So it's the ability for us to identify and acknowledge, I am feeling this particular feeling of subjectivity, right? Without balance, without judgment, without I should or should, could or couldn't, can't be feeling this way. I'm just feeling this feeling, right? So subjective emotional landscape. The next one is a behavioral response. So there's, there is a space, it's the Viktor Frankl idea of there is a space between stimulus and response and it lies your freedom. Right. Mm. So I could see that being a very kind of, you know, with subjective emotional experience being water and the behavioral response being very earthy, right? Mm -hmm. Like, all right. So I might be wounded in this area, but I don't have to react from this wound. I have agency here. I have choice. Right. And then actually cognitive function and emotional granularity, which is the term meaning our ability to name and identify several emotions is a key component of emotional health and emotional agility air. So when people are like, are you just talking about feelings or are you feeling like I can drive with one tire and not four? What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm doing it all, baby. Okay. <laughs> and then there is the physiological response. So it's when we experience the feeling somatically, when we feel mm. it in the body, right? And I just think how wonderful would it be if astrologers could discuss this with others and you know identify within their own work as well so that we can provide some level of instruction and understanding about emotional agility, emotional granularity, somatic emotional experiences, yada, yada, because wouldn't that help us have tougher conversations, be braver in our world, more vulnerable with the people that we need to be vulnerable with, apologize for wrongdoing? I mean, what this could do if we kind of saw ourselves as maybe helping others onboard emotional health and emotional regulation, et cetera, I would love it. I would love that. 
So maybe the, the dropping is just the quality of like, what am I telling myself about emotions that isn't true? And also, exactly. and also what am I learning so that I'm not just perpetuating outdated mythology data and understanding, like as if water signs are the only ones that are capable of human emotion. Like what? Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. So yeah, so that's, that's everyone's the, homework. That's basically, basically for yeah. Scorpio season, you know, emotional get education, education, baby. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I'm sure. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just thinking emotional stability. Yeah. Like or, what, what, and it's not, it's an, it's a paradox. Like there's mm. like, when we think of the <laughs> idea of emotion and the moon is that it waxes, yes. it wanes, it goes in cycles. Mm. Um, but if we were to maintain uh, an idea of what stable would look like or mm. where it would meet as it goes, it, almost like the, the zero line, uh, you know, mm. where it would meet, what would that look like mm. for me of what I think? consider emotional stability within myself that will allow me to operate at a level. And I might not be there all the time, but I know that's I can right. get there and I know when I'm there. Yes. That's when you can make probably the best decisions for yourself yes. and like be more forthright. But you know, to me, that's mm. Scorpio too, is like finding that stable line, but recognizing that it's also not always there. It's not always there. And I actually think of a, a term very connected to what you just said around emotional stability as a moon and Capricorn concept. Mm-hmm. And it is uh, emotion regulation. Oh, I'm cracking the whip all the time. <laughs> You're cracking the whip and I'm like opening the windows, making sure it's a lot colder in here. Um, but yes, emotion regulation, this quality of, okay, I'm experiencing anger, disappointment, judgment, blame. And I don't have to offload it onto other people. Mm. And I also don't have to make up stories about this emotion, about what I'm thinking. I'm just in a space of regulation and I could still be feeling like shit. But again, back to like behavior and emotion, I don't have to choose behavior that complicates any level of personal development and wholeheartedness. I can separate emotion from behavior a minute, you know? So I actually think that's a Capricorn moon world concept is the quality of emotion regulation. It is. It is. And I, uh, I definitely, uh, you have that. <laughs> I understand it. That's right. Um, I'm I sure do. you do. I I'm do. sure you do. I'm like I've dialed that in. <laughs> I haven't, uh, but I have. Oh, you're trying. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm trying. You're the cancer, you know, you're becoming the cancer sun. You're expressing the best of your sun sign. But I, I love what you brought up about maintaining a sense of emotional understanding throughout these complicated times because it is complicated, and that's okay. Name it, normalize it, but just don't hurt yourself and hurt other people in the process. Right. Thank you. Yes, and on that note. <laughs> uh, <laughs> on that note, we're gonna go into our like. Uh, all the little specifics as the best that specifics. we can, yes. uh, you know, let's get the specifics. Um, let's do it. So we already said that Scorpio season gets underway on the 22nd or 23rd mm-hmm. of October, depending on where you live. Mm-hmm. It's not long after the Aries full moon, which has That's Mars right. square Pluto. So there's tension in the air. Mm. Um, and I believe we even start out. Let me confirm that with, with the moon in Taurus. Um, as Scorpio season begins, like gets underway. So that it's interesting interesting. because it's like we end with, with an eclipse in that area, but we start this, the whole thing with that late degree of Taurus energy. Mm. Mm. That being said, one of the first things that happens is uh, we have Venus making some moves and she is going to be, she's in Sagittarius. She's cruising immutable fire. You know, she's living the life. 
She's, you know, feeling the licks of the flames. Yeah, she is living the life. Um, and she's going to be squaring Neptune and Pisces there. So we get mm. a little, um, some mutable tension. Uh, mm. And then making a sextile to Jupiter at the same, uh, close mm. to the same time from October 26th through the 28th, which is about mm. midweek, Tuesday through Thursday. Um, and so I just read those out loud. I'm like, that sounds like a party. <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe that's going to be when everyone's dancing, right? That's good. That's going to be some of the answers to your question that I had. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. So, I uh, you know, Venus square Neptune. Any, any, any thoughts and add some Jupiter juice on that? Like, well, I'm going to actually quote uh, one of my favorite thinkers in the world. Her name is Camelia Dowling and has phenomenal metaphysical research and understanding, but also approaches everything from a decolonized and intersectional lens. And just the way she is able to bridge the language of the social justice and the spiritual. I've never seen anything like it. So Sag Sun, Scorpio Moon, Virgo Rising. And uh, we're constantly talking about the difference between someone's proof and potential, the difference between vision and circumstances, right? So a Venus Neptune square would kind of have us think about how much of the proof that I'm observing is, is actually accurate. Yeah. Right? And, yeah. I, and I think that conversation needs to happen more often in our community is that can we just work from the premise that maybe your perception is incomplete? It's not that it's wrong. It's not that you don't remember what was. It's not that you are in, invalid in any way. But can we just acknowledge that you are working with an incomplete perception? We all are. <laughs> well, and it's it's like it's incomplete and it's also subjective. Thank you. And it's it's different. It's like the idea of like ask, you know, ask five people that were standing on a street corner oh that God. just saw something. Right. And you're gonna get a different like variation Hello. from everyone because that's, that's like right. the nature of our perception and our reality I is know. that it's it's it is subjective in many ways, and that's okay. And that's why that's okay. the idea of like truth is truth is different for everyone because it honestly yes. is. It and the truth in the moment okay. could be a different truth 10 years from now when That's you start right. to remember it yeah. <laughs> differently. So why um, not lead these Venus Neptune square conversations with the story I'm telling myself in my head and help me understand postpone persuasion until you can successfully articulate other people's point of view to their satisfaction. This is about understanding, not agreement. Mm. And I like that a lot because having the square to Neptune be then followed by the sextile to Jupiter is mm. going in that in between that like, oh, I might not be seeing it clearly or I'm right. suspending some sort of judgment on something right. or I'm in a in a illusory space around something. Mm. And then the wisdom mm. comes. It's like, oh, mm. I'm learning oh, from this or I, I understand or oh. or maybe someone in my community was able to show me uh, a different uh, yeah. vision of it, you know, yeah. like yeah. and so or it could just be a party. You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> well, a dance party that you are DJing. Exactly. Okay. Please. Yes. Yes. So, um, and, and it's midweek. So if you're out dancing in the clubs on Wednesday, which call it might be because the way. <laughs> <laughs> I might be. I More might. power we'll to see. you. More power to you. Um, so basically after Venus uh, does her thing with Neptune and Jupiter, we move on to a little, a little more sober in times. Mm. Um, well, it's also interesting. The last quarter moon is actually in Leo this time. So we're starting to get mm. like our, our, after that Aries full moon, we're shifting into fixed uh, lunar quarters, which are oh, always great. interesting because, you know, energy is pushing forward. It's seeding. It's like culminating into very fixed, um, you know, like once again, the real, like some sort of like, Oh, what am I, what's, what's the permanence here? What, yeah. what, like, so the, but Leo, 
that's that seems very creative and party like uh, too. So I'm wondering yeah. if just like the 28th on Thursday or give or take is actually mm. could be a very creative time for people to express themselves in, in some way with Venus sextile Jupiter, yeah. the last quarter in Leo. Just uh, if you, if you're an artist and we all are, you know, that's that, right. Mark that date. <laughs> that's right. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that too because I actually have to officiate a wedding that weekend in Salem, and I'm bringing one of my best friends who is Sag Sun Aries Moon Leo Rising. So we're just we're just going to be Leo Risings, having the Moon conjunct the Ascendant, getting into a lot of trouble at someone else's wedding. Well, that being said, that weekend, <laughs> that oh weekend, Saturday, Saturday the thirtieth, uh, oh we have the Sun now in Scorpio. It's, squaring Saturn and Aquarius. And we also have Mars ingressing into Scorpio on the same day. So, I mean, sun square Saturn, that's always a, it's always, we're always aware in my mind of some sort of limitation, some sort of obstacle, some sort of goal, some sort of, you know, like any, any thoughts on That's Saturday. Well, I will try not to get into too much trouble. Thank you. Yeah, for I think you said trouble, and I was like, mm, I feel well, sadder coming in. that. I know. <laughs> um, well, actually, I know that you have had Rachel Lang on your podcast before. I heard her talk with my friend Lars about Saturn as the planet of perceived limitations, and mm. I just, yeah. So I, I perceived. So, perceive them back to perception, right? So see what you mean about kind of Saturn putting things in a container and having a sense of structure and kind of saying, listen, we need form, not just you going on vain imaginings here, right? But I really would love for us to maybe think about the truth about the way we imagine perceived limitations with other people. Mm -hmm. Saturn and Aquarius, right? Because a lot of the times, and I'm sure that your consultation sounds so similar to this, is that I want my people to walk away with a new story about their relationships and how they came in. And that's the benefit of like a biographical or a narrative approach is to help them understand the new relational story that they're in. And it's really extraordinary how so many times, myself included, we put in the foregone conclusion around perceived limitation. I can change because then this, that, you know, they're doing this, which triggers that it means that. And I would love for us to kind of just lean less on the hostile dependence of other people's personalities and justification and grand setting for why you can't change and just start taking total responsibility for whatever outcomes we're not thrilled with relationally. And when you have radical responsibility, what perceived limitations are you experiencing? Hardly any. And yeah. Well, and it's interesting that like you coming out of re- uh, consultations from a, like a relational standpoint, which yeah. we do, especially with, when we're talking about Scorpio, that, oh my that's gosh. relational. Uh, and then the Aquarius component, which has the, the wider world and our yeah. acquaintances and the, and yes. just people on the street that are involved yes. with that. Yeah. But when I think of Aquarius too, I always think about this, uh, this, um, this foresight and this future vision. So I'm like, mm. what perceived limitations are you holding within what you are capable of creating? You Beautiful. know, like yeah. where, Beautiful. where are you pointing? <laughs> like, cause a lot of people, a lot of times it's, um, I mean, other people definitely get in the way, but you know, who gets in the way the most is ourselves. Oh, and <laughs> oh Capricorn moon. If you had a mic, I'd want you to listen and drop it. I know it's so true. Continue. Yeah. And so I, it makes me wonder when we talk about perceived limitations or perceive or, or where we dedicate ourselves to strive. Right. So it's like, where Ooh, are we going to be on either side? Right. Because Capricorn or Saturn, um, it takes effort 
Right. Yes, right. Like that's like the obstacle might be just the continuation of effort. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, even mm-hmm. when things might get in our way, like, yeah. and, and keeping your eye on the prize or your mind on the goal. Right. Yeah. And so maybe either removing things that keep us from the vision that we like, and other people could be getting in the way of that, or we can be getting in the way of that with ourselves and mm-hmm. like, you know, D all the above, but that's, that's what came into my mind. So to me, it's going to be like, and then what needs to change with inside of me? What do I need to get in understanding? You know, the sun gives us a spotlight of understanding. Uh, What do I need to change about myself, especially emotionally? Let me show that is just the phone is our indicator that that, they pick up that call. (laughs) I know they're going to go away. Hold on. It's, oh, it's a I got James you... Bond theme song. It's a whole thing, and it's my Gemini twin sister. You know, it's where really, were we? I'm I mean, so sorry. It's fine, but you know what's really funny is as you walked away to get your phone, his background is like, is it the Earth? It's literally the Earth. It's something from Zoom. It, it, yeah, it, and so he it had the illusion that he just walked on top of the world. because another capricorn moon woman was calling me and i'm like i'm working my twin sister okay wait so we were talking about perceived limitations with others and and with our and just with our future goals and what we're capable of right oh um, yes in the world you know like because you had said uh that it requires effort and oh, I, I think I was uh, where I was, I was going with that. it. Where I was going with it was talking about what we might the understanding of how uh, our emotional selves and the behavior might get in right. the way of um, of being able to strive or put effort towards that goal or to believe it in, in the first place or to right. not be you know not fall into the limitation or to hold ourselves to the goal mm. and what it takes to get there basically. Mm. Yes, because you were saying that the sun spotlights these emotional concepts. Yeah. Yeah. Because as you were discussing that, I just kept thinking, yeah, I I don't understand why people think they're entitled to a life of comfort or <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't get it. And I'm sure your Capricorn moon ass doesn't either. You know, and I kind of just have to ask them, like, is it really hard or are you just having a difficult time with doing things differently? Because it's much harder to do what you're doing now. Yeah. And I think Saturn and any level of Capricorn energy just sort of says like, look, discipline is not a dirty word. And just because it's hard doesn't mean you can't do it. Yeah. You know, you know, Capricorn moon twin. I know. know. And well, and sometimes sometimes the hard part is actually the fact that you're remaining stuck and it's a lot easier to To, that's to, to shift. a more gentle approach. You know, like it just it, it, <laughs> if it's, if it feels really hard, it means that you're stuck. That's and right. I get stuck all the time. Like I'm, I'm no, I'm saying this because of, from experience. Right. You're like, um, we're talking to ourselves and you. Yeah. <laughs> and okay. you at the same yeah. time. But that's what happens with fixed energies. It it can get stuck. It can be very mm. persistent. But what's it persistent towards? Is it persistence to staying where it is and it getting mm. harder and harder? Or is it persistent right. enough to be and to add a little mutability on top of that in order to adapt and evolve yeah. to be persistent into a space that is taking you somewhere yeah. rather than remaining? Remaining, um, you know, kind of like heels in the ground type of space. Heels in the ground. And I love them for that because they really can just center and ground and help us understand the method systems and techniques for whatever the topic is. But I often have to say to fix signs like, and, and what, what happens next? Yeah. All right. I heard the problem. What's your solution? 
you know, I heard all about why this isn't going to work. Do you have any creative solutions into terms of what can? Right. So I love that you mentioned mm. like the fixed. <laughs> well, you're taking me somewhere because oh, that's so the let's thing. Go. Well, that that's the idea of like wherever where all the planets are taking us now in Scorpio season with the Saturn Uranus, right? We're gonna mm. get hit by the square with Saturn first. We're gonna mm. we know the problem, we see the problem. We're irritated with the problem. We're annoyed. We are annoyed. We are flat out annoyed <laughs> with the problem. Um, but Uranus in the opposition and the polarity aspect mm. and seeing the other side of it is where we can get the 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 innovation and the adaptability right. and, and the evolving. So we're in mm. the space of. Um, whereas in Leo season, you know, we're, uh, we're at the uh, crossroads with Saturn, but then we were mm. like tested with the squares of Uranus, but now it's mm. a little bit different. It's, it's like, we're, we see the problem. So I love that analogy. It's like, okay, well, you know, the problem, you know, everything that's getting in your way, you know, right. like how, what do you need to change mm-hmm. or what does the world have to, what rug does the world have to pull out from under you <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> with Uranus yes. in order yes. for that shift to take place? And, so, and and we, you and I have spoken almost accidentally about behavior a ton, right? What behavior modification would support the person you want to become? Yeah. You know, because we, we astrologers can get very cognitive and emotionally centered, which is awesome. And now let's talk about what behavior supports this vision. Yeah. It yeah. is compost season, right? You know, okay. like what do you want to put in the ground? What do you want to like release? It makes me <laughs> makes me think of bodily functions. Um, you <laughs> do know, it, what, do what, it. What? Saturn and Virgo. <laughs> well, the, you know, Scorpio does rule. <laughs> oh, I think uh, well, Scorpio rules, you know, the genitals and stuff. But oh, you yes, know, yes, yes. you know, not far off from the genitals are all the elimination system. And That's so right. what do Good you want to eliminate? We put what do we have in compost? You know, like what grows a lot of our food is Mm -hmm. basically the shit. So, (laughs) so you know, like this is the time to release because when you get rid of all that, it actually you know fertilizes the ground in a wonderful way to allow yourself to grow further from that. So I so you know like what basically. As you're officiating that wedding, it's, I'm giving you your, your yes, what you, you can say. You, you're like, let the shit go into the soil. And- <laughs> <laughs> it is going to be in Salem, Massachusetts. I think they'd be receptive to like an astrologer talk about the Saturn Uranus squares and the sun in Scorpio. I might have to give like a forecast reading of it. it there be. you go. Yeah. Oh, well, so that will be a dynamic weekend just because that is leading us into a, a pivotal spotlight into mm. the upcoming Saturn mm. Uranus uh, action being reactivated. We already felt it a little bit uh, in, I think in the beginning of Libra season when Venus went over that p- part, but now we're going to get the sun. We're going to get Mercury. We're going to get Mars. And this brings us to Mars ingressing in Scorpio because Mars leaving Libra. Thank God. That's my 12th house. I'm like, you need, I'm like, I need energy. This is hard. I I need yes. I need energy. (laughs) I need, I already have Mars and Gemini, Gemini. I don't need more mental battles. You know, like I don't, (laughs) this, this, uh, there's so many swords up. Like I don't even Uh, know who's fighting anymore inside. Uh, (laughs) But uh, Mars and Scorpio, Mars is Mm. coming to its dom. It's nighttime domicile. I consider Mm. this ninja Mars. This, Mm. this Mars is waiting for you around the corner. And it's yes. got all the moves. Like, yes. <laughs> it's yes. To, yes, it is ready. But um, so any thoughts on Mars and Scorpio and that yeah. that energy? 
Well, I absolutely love the work of celebrated couples therapist Esther Perel. You must have heard of her. I learned about her through you. Oh, okay. And I started, I signed up for her newsletter and I watched her on YouTube. All right. Okay, Okay, Esther, you're putting it down. (laughs) Well, I don't know if you remember the one that she gave on eroticism as the antidote to death. Mm. Yeah, and I uh, well, and I've listened this. to her say something about that recently. But you go ahead, you give uh, it to us. Oh uh, well, just <laughs> long story short, I think that with Mars and Scorpio, we are asked to consider ways in which we can create life force and vibrancy and radiance because that's what eroticism is. It's not just the function of sexual intimacy, right? How long? How hard? How fast? How many? It's the content. It's the place we go when we're in eroticism. And it could also be done completely separately. And how do we maintain the erotic space as a kind of, as a pushback towards death through collective trauma and all these things, you know? And she gave really heartbreaking, but extraordinary examples about uh, the choirs uh, of the enslaved. She gave examples of the newly liberated Jews getting married and having babies to replenish the population that was eradicated in a genocide. I mean, the pain and pleasure, the eroticism and the trauma, like these are deeply tethered. And I do believe that people struggle with the permission slip to feel like they can find pleasure and life force in today's culture. So I'm wondering if Mars and Scorpio can really help us find that again. Mm. Oh, I, I love that because that's the one thing I did catch from a, a little, you know, brief type of webinar she did the other day was talking about that exact thing. Oh, really? Eroticism is basically, and I love this. I never really thought about it that way. It, it, it is like the, what brings you joy in life? Like what, yes. what, like, what can you do or what do you feel or what do you engage yeah. with that yes. makes you feel alive? Whether that is like taking 100%. some sort of action, whether that's 100%. like just feeling the air on your skin that's right. and, and, and then chasing those experiences, right? Yes. Because Mars is about the chase to some extent. It's like, yes. what do we, what are we motivated to do? Where are we taking our action energy? And, and it's this idea of the lust for life. 100%. Um, and lust can be lust, of course. And, and of course, things are probably going to be a little more steamy in the bedroom. <laughs> Uh, which, Nothing wrong with that. Like, that right. You know, there's this passion. Uh, <laughs> there's a passion. Um, but there, there's also some can get very uh, heated in other ways yes, too, yes, because yes, emotions. Yes, yes. So now we have emotions behind our, you know, energetic drive. And so mm. Mars is anger. Mars is irritability. Mm. And so uh, emotional content more than the mental content like yeah. Libra is yeah. going to, you know, stir that pot. I love it. And, and, and it's nice. And so it's like, okay, so what are we, what pot are we stirring? How long do we want to stir mm. it for? Right. Cause Mars and Scorpio can keep going. That pot, <laughs> that pot will be stirred. <laughs> you know, like that's someone's like, you could have stopped like two hours ago. That, I don't know. I'm still mad. I'm, I'm still so, mad. So I'm going to keep mad. stirring. Cause Scorpio does brood. It, 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 it can brood, you know? I love them. I love them. You're just making me think of all the Scorpios I love who could be that way, but I celebrate them for that. Because yes. why would you be any other way? But go ahead, right? Exactly. <laughs> but I love that you bring that up of the idea of eroticism because I think that is very much tied into Scorpio energy in yeah. general, but to have Mars. And so like, let's chase what that means for us, you know? And yes. that could mean, a, that could be a romp in the hay. Why not? With, uh, you know, why not? Like add why? that to your list. But why it, not? <laughs> but it could also be like I feel alive. That's right. When I 
clean out my refrigerator. Okay, Saturn and Virgo. You know, I am alive when I get that magic clean (laughs) abraser out and it's just as white as like, I'm living. I'm living. Yeah. Living on the edge over there. Yeah. (laughs) But that is a Marsville concept. That is a Marsville concept. And I think what I really love to look at also too, you know, with Mars and Libra, you know, concurrently, or now not concurrently later, but that when we are in our life force, what happens, Melissa, is then that's the gift we give to other people. And that's Mm -hmm. the gift we give to our relationships, right? Because more often than not, some complicated endings in relationships is when people disconnect from Eros and they disconnect from Mars and then their partner has nobody to come home to. No one's at the reception desk. Mm-hmm. And so like Mars is, an, is in a sense, like a kind of relational planet, because when we are fully alive and fully vibrant and in the, the eroticism energy, it is, of course, first and foremost, a gift we give to ourselves, but it electrifies all of our relationships too, and makes people want our wanting because wanting loves to be wanted. It doesn't want to be needed. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I just, I love Mars energy. I could talk about it for hours. Uh. All right. Well, I do love that. So if you're, if, if life's feeling a little flat, if you feel like you've sucked the air out of the room after, you we're going to have a Mars chat. Finally. Yeah. We're going to get that, <laughs> that eroticism back into place. Yes. It's going to be here for some time. Can I do my quick, uh, December 13th? Oh, look at you. Or December 18th. I think it's 13th. I think it's okay. 13th. It's, uh, it could be incorrect. It's in there. No, okay. absolutely 100% Gemini right. Um, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> well, this is <laughs> um, not a pattern. <laughs> Don't get used to it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. That being said, so we, uh, we are little chatty Cathy's here. Yeah. I love um, it. so. Moving on from the weekend of so basically Halloween weekend, we got some yeah. Saturn flare, we got we Mars do. moving into Scorpio. So you know, put on put on your your costume. Yeah, ha- have a good time. Have a good time. Um, oh well, and adding to that, basically on Halloween on the thirty first through November second, we have Ma- uh, not Mars, Mercury, who is still in Libra and mm. is going to make its third passes to trining Jupiter and Aquarius mm. and then squaring Pluto and Capricorn. Mm. So, mm. Um, mm. you know, this is the, this is Mercury's third rodeo with this configuration. And we went through it all with the retrograde at the beginning mm-hmm. of Libra season. And so, I mean, any thoughts on like <laughs> what, what Mercury might have to contribute um, to mm. this final yeah, well, because I think the last week in September, I'm not sure if you saw this in your work, but I I, I noticed many people uh, concerned with matters of power in their relationships, mm. uh, like power and control kind of quality, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I love the way that Martin Luther King defined power as the ability to achieve purpose and effectuate change. So people are trying to achieve purpose and effectuate change in relationship. Uh, but they're struggling with in terms of like when there's rigid power structures or compliance and power over instead of power with. And so maybe this could be a continuation of that examination around, you know, upsetting the power imbalance and doing our best to kind of have power within power to, and then power with relationship. Uh, I would love to see that. 
Mm, when we all, right? Power to the people. And that might be the underlying force that's behind it. Because when we get to mm. a third pass of something, you know, it's, it's, it's not our first rodeo basically right. with it. And so it's like building on themes such as that. So we can get to mm. the point where, okay, well, now I'm finally ready to have this yeah. future defining conversation or to understand mm. the situation better. Mm. I'm like, I can see Pluto with a direct view. Now I'm, I, you know, Mercury is direct. It's uh, it's also uh, ahead of the sun now and is like mm. morning star position. So it's a little more, it's a little more feisty. Yeah. It's a little more like, okay, I, I see it's not, it's not in a combust position. Mm. Um, I don't think yet I'm could be like not looking at this right. I'm not following along with my chart like I normally do. I'm just, you're f- I'm well, free rolling over here. I love it. I'm picking up uh, everything you're sharing. You're killing me. I'm rolling. Um, yeah, no, it's still, it's still very visible. And so, mm. so Mercury's in a, it's in a good place, um, okay. I think. And so I feel like we can turn a corner, especially with things that were really challenging um, mm. before. And we just see the bigger picture, right? Because Mercury and Jupiter together, it's like we get the details and we get the expansive vision at the same time. So like amazing, amazing. Let it flow. Let it flow. Um, Bring the wisdom if, to the people, baby. Yeah. And if you have to have difficult conversation, because sometimes Mercury and Pluto, especially when they square, that might be the thing, but it feels more productive than it okay. might have before we went back in, <laughs> you know, before mm. we went into the retrograde phase phase and we're like, what the hell was that? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Who's, who's who's trick was this? Who was, yeah, right. <laughs> what trickster energy is activated now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I have a feeling there could be some sort of breakthrough or some okay. sort of like if you're waiting for some type of communication to finally like kind of, you know, really push forward and know what's happening. Yeah. Kind of know what's happening. It's really you are such a gifted predictive astrologer. Can I just tell you? <laughs> oh, thank you, you. Yeah. This is amazing. Go ahead. I, <laughs> I do love predicting astrology and, yeah. one of my, and a shameless plug. That will be my next course. My 301 is going to be on mundane forecasting such as this. Well, so. I might have to be one of your students because yes. it's something I never learned. No, like I, I studied it in terms of like writing horoscopes, et cetera, but like it, in other techniques and modalities, no. So yeah. I might have to, I might have to be one of your oh, students. Well, come on, come on down. Come on down come to on school, down. baby. <laughs> You're going to uh, learn. Anyway. <laughs> All right. It really helps the flow of life. Yeah, um, I bet, I bet. Yes. Yes. Well, this brings us to dun, 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 the dun, new dun. moon in Scorpio mm-hmm. at 12 mm-hmm. degrees and 40 mm-hmm. minutes on mm-hmm. Thursday. Oh, I think mm-hmm. I have the Thursday, the fourth. Is that right? Thursday, Thursday November fourth. Yeah. 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 We have um, we have an electric new moon. Basically, we have the sun opposing Uranus. Exactly. Um, it is. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Let me get there with my. Yeah. So basically we have. So that we remember we were talking about that, that sun square Saturn and the yeah. idea of the problem. And then we're looking for that, that, that revolution. We're looking for that revolution. We are baby, revolution, but we're looking for the revolution too, mm. you know, and we have Mars now in Scorpio. So the ruler of this new moon is in its domicile with all mm. the things that we just talked about Mars and Scorpio. And so mm. we have this new moon energy that is, mm. uh, basically lighting up the Saturn Uranus square. So once again, kachink, mm. you know, you can get, you guarantee this, <laughs> this new, uh, lunar cycle is going to really bring home the continuation of themes 
themes that have been going on for the entirety of 2021, um, just the next leg of it. But now there is a Uranian component and it is staring us dead in the eye, which is very relational. Um, so Colin, you know, let's bring your relationship expertise in here with, uh, <laughs> Expertise. Oh, you know you got it. You know, oh, man. You know, you're well, working on it, right? Mastery, I'm working on but, it. Uh... <laughs> <clears throat> I'm trying. I'm trying. Yeah, no, I would think that maybe we could really uh, start to center this transit with empathy. And what does empathy actually mean, right? It's it's certainly a, another gauzy buzzword. I really love the way that Teresa Weissman, who is a nursing scholar at the University of Southampton, she defines it as connecting to the emotion that underpins the experience. Mm. Because a lot of us believe that in order for empathic success to be there, I would have had to have experienced the same experience. Right? So say somebody is talking to... Oh, wait, go ahead. What are you processing? I, you, I'm... Uh, you're talking about the underlying emotional experience and in my mind if we think about uranus and the fixed sign of taurus it's like Mm. what is underneath in the emotional experience and processing that and letting that go into a new cycle that can radically change Mm. the physical reality we live in if we're Mm. willing to you know disrupt and look at all the scorpio Mm. stuff that's Mm. in there so that's okay that's where that's where I went with with that. Like, no, makes yeah. all the sense in the world. Such connections there. And I think that empathy is really just about understanding and having felt the emotion which underpins the experience, you know? So you might not have uh, lost a child, say, the way that a mother has, but do you know grief? Yeah. Right? Or you might not have experienced a particular uh, version of impre- uh, oppression, injustice, lack of access, but do you know rage? Do you know powerlessness? Right. And connecting to the, and it doesn't necessarily mean that you went through it in the same way, but it does allow us to feel the full spectrum of human emotion from a place of common humanity. So I would uh, probably, yeah, I usually talk about empathy during the new moon in, in Scorpio. So here we are. And I love that because we need to have a good amount of empathy in order to interact with other people in order to oh, really make absolutely. that intimate connection. Right. That's because right. I can feel you. Um, mm-hmm. I don't sympathize with you. I mm-hmm. empathize with you because mm-hmm. I feel you mm-hmm. versus, but then remembering to have empathy for ourselves, Yeah. Oh, you great. know, because we can empathize with other people. And sometimes people are so good at empathizing with others but they can be really hard on themselves. Oh um, yeah. It's like Capricorn moon thing. And so, <laughs> so just empathizing with how, how you feel and like what is going on within yourself and then how that's met with other people in your yeah. life or just people on the street, that's you know, right. like it, it's, it's being able to juggle, which to me feels very, you know, opposition to mm. having, you know, empathy for both sides uh, yeah. to, to some extent. So totally, totally beautifully yeah. articulated. Mm. Empathy with a capital E. We got this. New moon in Scorpio. <laughs> capital E. You know what also makes me think of too is because the new moon is in, uh, if you follow tarot, it's in the decan of the six of cups. And the six of oh. cups is the uh, card. A lot of times that's associated with, it's a card of pleasure, but okay. it's also can be, um, it's the sun in Scorpio. And it's a lot of times connected with nostalgia and things from the oh, past. Wow. And we wow. talked about this earlier in the program. We did. And how uh, Scorpio and Taurus both can get caught in like story story loops, right? 
And so, you know, <laughs> and so we might be disrupting a story loop that yeah. comes here too, because Uranus is a form of disruption. And so the question mm-hmm. is, are you going to disrupt it yourself or will there be a disruption outside of you? And now I bet you there'll be outside of you because it is an opposition, mm-hmm. but, but mm-hmm. start disrupting within yourself because yes. I feel like, I feel like we can snip the loop. Um, <laughs> it, mm-hmm. in some way, but it, we might be, you know, there might be something outside of us that kind of forces us, that backs us into a corner. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's it. such an interesting point. Okay. I love that. It. It's like set yourself free from the story that keeps, that's keeping you stuck in the loop. Okay. Yes, Cause Makes fixed. It. Right. Oh, oh God. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. You're like, that is a never ending tape. It's like, I didn't even know they made tapes that long. It just keeps. Oh my God. Like, That's having to make fun of my fix signs now. Oh, the never ending tape. tape. Here we go. Or it's Remind like the, me what happened. It's like the, you remember the um, old cassette players that when they started to make the reverse cassette where it would just yes. play the other side on its own. And so it really oh, just go God. over. And over, that, and over. I, yes. And I could see myself eye rolling at the fix signs where I'm just like, hun, wrap it up, land, yeah. the, land the plane. <laughs> land the plane. But what I do like about this new moon too, and it takes us into the next couple of days as well, is that Mercury and Venus, they're, you know, Mercury's still in Libra, Venus is still in Sagittarius. Mm. They are, but they're starting to form a sextile mm. in the new moon. And so they're starting to form it, but they're in different signs. So what will happen mm. uh, from the fourth to the fifth to the sixth is that they are perfecting this, this, um, gift of gab, this gift of relation, Mm. this connecting with, you Mm. know, uh, with other people, um, or having the opportunity to, um, Mm. but it will happen when Venus moves into Capricorn on the fifth and then Mercury into Scorpio. So we get some, you know, uh, personal planet changes that happen right then. So what would, what would be your dance of Venus and moving into Capricorn? What's, uh, how does she change from Sagittarius? What's she doing the now? Capricorn. See, it's funny. I, I did mention Donna Summer earlier, who is a NATO <laughs> Venus in Capricorn, but I would probably dance to her again for Venus in Capricorn. It doesn't get any more Capricorn energy than Donna Summer to me. So, but I would actually go with um, her late 80s hit, which is This Time I Know It's For Real. Wait. Oh. What's the what's the I, chorus? I'm terrible. Oh, don't, uh, no, uh, no, no. <laughs> she says, I'm going crazy just to let you know. You'd be amazed how much I love you. So when I get my hands on you, I won't let go. This time I know no, it's for you, real. You got it. Like you, you got yeah, it. You got no, it. No, you got no. it. You got it. This time I yeah. know it's for real. Come on. Oh, I Venus love Capricorn. that. <laughs> well, and that's the thing is because the thing about Venus moving into Capricorn is that. Oh, get, shit. Lay it down. Get ready. Yeah. She's going to be there a long time. She, she is got, until she's, March. Right. Gotta, Isn't it March? Just, I, it's it's pretty damn close. Like yes. she is there. Let's find out how long. How long? I'm a little excited, though, just because I've loved Venus and Capricorn, you know, during its three and a half week phase. So, I mean, even though it's going to retrograde, I, I'm excited to see where this goes. Conjunct my moon, Saturn, Neptune, blah, 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 my mm. six. Same for oh, you. Yeah, conjunct the moon. To, yeah, yeah. Conjunct my moon. That's right, Posing baby. Posing all those Capricorn things. Ugh. Uh, yeah. And it is March 5th. So, you know, Jesus. from from. Uh, 
From November 5th to March 5th, we have Venus in Capricorn. Um, and a little spoiler alert, the next podcast is actually going to be with Shu Yap and Ooh. Spencer Michaud, who is joining me in a in a three-way, uh, oh, oh. in a trifecta of... Uh, <laughs> in a trine. <laughs> in a trine of <laughs> Venus. Uh, we're going to do a podcast on Venus retrograde. And Can't wait to hear it. Okay. Cycle. So we're going to we're gonna dive in there. Can't but, wait. you know, I love that. The idea of this time, it's for real. And it might take us some time to get there because but clearly this time, but this time, <laughs> but, so we, you, you, you might have to go backwards over it. You That's might okay. have to like, you know, yeah. there Pluto's going to get involved, get ready. Okay. But, um, but it is, it, it's, it makes me think of also the term plan for keeps, you know, mm. like, and, and it's cause Saturn's involved Saturn. We're already going through all these Saturnian squares. And now Saturn's going to be, cause Saturn's going to play a huge role in mm. the, you know, Venus retrograde. And then this last Saturn, uh, Uranus square too. So it's mm. all coming back. Good old Saturn. So get good, old, used. good old Saturn is right. Good, good old Saturn. We're all going to need a Saturn statue. He's like, where's my statue? I know. Um, I know. He's like, get rid of Mars. I know. I, I ought to get a, I have a Saturn tattoo. Oh, well, there you go. It's, it's funny. It's like blocking it. Like it, it out like it was like, uh, it's like, it's not good like, enough. It's like a nipple or something. It's all, no, can't see that. I, I want to start you. I want to you. <laughs> it censored itself. It's funny. It's it. Very um, Saturn. Very yeah, Saturn. very Saturn. So get used to Venus in Capricorn. So okay. it's a little less that. Jupiter, more Saturn. That's right. Um, but uh, but we also have Mercury moving into Scorpio at the same time. So we get mm. out of that airy realm. Mercury's been in Libra for what seems like forever at this That's point. Right. So we there's more Scorpio party going on. Um, yeah, add into this. So we're seeing a lot more of, uh, you know, water earth happening yeah. pretty much complimentary energies. We like that. We, we like do that. like, that. We they're, like that. And they're more internalized they're a little slower. Life might mm-hmm. slow down a little bit versus the, the fast air fire combo, um, oh, geez. Yeah. that we've been under for some, some time now here. So, so that's nice, but you know what water and earth do? What form it gives form, there we it's go. Like, it's like, get that mud, get that know, mud, get that, get that, that form, get that form. We're starting, yes. to, we're starting to form some, some things up here. Love it, yeah. So they sextile on the sixth. So I don't know, I think this is going to be bode well for relationship conversations. Mm. So just being active, just being social, wanting to be mm. social. Um, mm. uh, you know, like that's it's it's, it's nice, uh. Mm. Nice. Social life, lively, levity inducing. Yeah. Yes. All right. Okay. Because get used to it. Because basically, October 10th, a few days after, we're going to have kind of a big whammy in the oh, sky. Boy. So if you're going to have a calendar date that you're like, ooh, better watch, watch what I'm doing, watch Watching. what I'm saying. Watch Which one. It. Here we go. October I got my calendar 10th. out. Everybody got oh, their wait, calendar. October or November? Just kidding. <laughs> I know, November. I'm like, I'm like, what I'm, month am I in? I know, I know. What? <laughs> you know you're Thank an astrologer you. when the irony. No, I never know what month, date, year. I never know where I'm I am. Like time is uh, just it's weird. We it's study weird. it, but we're not in it. Okay, yeah. November 10th. I got my calendar out. What that is a Wednesday. Down? Okay. That is, that is a Wednesday. And so what's Wednesday. happening that we have to mark this down? Well, that is Mercury is gonna conjunct Mars, which we just experienced um over this past weekend actually as mercury was retrograding um if you have it so if anybody wants to 
recall what was going on, but basically Mercury is going to conjunct Mars and Scorpio, and they're both going to square Saturn at the same time on that if day. If something fucking happens on November 10th, I'm going to be like, Melissa, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> you well, are and, so good. And the moon squares um, okay. that position mm. Uh, mm. at that same time, because that's a little... Oof. That's a little tip. It's like, if the okay. moon's involved, you know, it's happening. Um, but yeah, so the moon is actually going to be, uh, in Aquarius then. Mm. So it's going to be hanging out with Saturn the moons mm-hmm. on Saturn's side, basically. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. going to have that square to Mercury and Mars. And so, you know, Mercury and Mars teaming up. That's, that's some forceful words. That's some yeah. purposeful action. That's yes. a mind. Like yes. you were and add the Scorpio flavor to it. Right. So we're, to- we're talking truthful, forceful, maybe self-revelation. Yeah, self-disclosure. Yeah. yeah. And, okay. and all up against Saturn, right? And uh, back to what you were kind of saying about the perceived limitation or running up against that or running up against uh, the, the long-term goal, you know? Because yeah. like, you're emotionally feeling it. The moon's in Aquarius. That's right. Uh, and it could be a very, this could be, you know, a very communal thing too, where we engage with something that is happening on the mm. world sphere that then mm. affects us emotionally on the inside right. as well. Mm. Mm. Beautifully said. Now, it is a Wednesday, right? You know, it's what's right. happening in the world. <laughs> Mercury rule day. I know. I was thinking that I'm like, I'm excited for tomorrow. It's Wednesday. I know. I don't know. It's that's the only time I know what day of the week it is. It was the day before. So mm. yeah. and maybe even with our friends too. Like I've noticed a lot of people kind of reevaluating and taking stock of their closest friendships. Mm. So that could emerge too, where people are identifying, you know, what they would want and what they would want to see in their relationships and their friendships to go the places that they want to together. Yeah. Right. Because we're going to be motivated for change. Like that's Mm. the thing with Scorpio. Scorpio brings us change, even if we're kicking Mm. and screaming (laughs) in some way. There is, it's a transitional, it's why it gets to the term of transformative and, you know, like it it is, it's that, it's that in-between energy that is like getting the goo in the compost so that we can, you know, so... Um, so I, I love that. And I have noticed that a lot too, in my friendships and my clients, um, and just just place in the world, where do I belong in any of this anymore? Belonging, big Aquarius concept. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and we might be coming to that, right? Because this is that next, like defining, like, you know, in the wheel basically, because it's Saturn, the Saturn Uranus square. And so Mm. we might find ourselves again, up against something, or I'm sure you'll love this word boundaries. Oh, love the B word. <laughs> love the B word. Go ahead. Yep. Boundaries. boundaries. Yes. Oh yeah, baby. Oh, so yeah. I, this, this feels very boundary, okay. right? Cause Mars can draw a line in Scorpio. Oh, Mar- without Mars a doubt. It's like, it, it only has lines. It's like, <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's, it's, it's permanent it's, ones, permanent lines, permanent yes. lines. So if yes. you need to draw a line and you need to communicate that. Yeah. And I think the communication is, uh, especially with boundary declaring, it has to be centered on not just what you don't want, but again, what do you want? Yeah, which is hard and sociocultural and nuanced for many people. And also, I don't know if a boundary statement is complete without this is what I want. This is what I don't want. Yeah, I think you need both. Yeah. Yeah, you do. I find that knowing what you don't want helps you get to what you actually want. Most it of does. Time. Yeah. And it's <laughs> fuck. Yeah. And it's also not the whole story. Right. So that's where I have to really think about that individually. Like, did I just say, I don't want this? 
or was I very specific about what I do want? Or hopefully yeah. was I doing both? We'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. The day that. is we'll young. The day, <laughs> the day is young. So I would say just in that, if you're out and about on a Wednesday, which a lot of mm, us are that's on right. the 10th, you know, this is not the day to like get under other people's skin. Cause this Noted. is, you know, like this people are going to be working on an emotional, <laughs> like we're all driven by emotions right now. And we're up against the world that we live in with Saturn and Aquarius basically. Great. And so, uh, it's just, just, that's just not the day to push unnecessary buttons, Noted. but push the necessary ones if you need to, because okay. it could be a, it could be a good time to, you know, tackle that boundary. Got it. Uh, okay. <laughs> lasso that boundary. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Whip crack, not a lasso, but close. That's close. Yeah. And you know, it makes a lot of sense because it's actually just uh, a day away from first quarter in Aquarius. So okay. we, you know, like life is pushing forward. We're turning mm. some corners. We're motivated. Mm. Life is moving mm. on. Um, we've got ideas. We're sticking to them. We need to communicate mm. something like that. Mm. We're moving on. Um, and it brings us to the sun actually making a trine with Neptune on the 12th on Friday, yeah. a couple of days afterwards. So it's almost like, I feel like some forgiveness or some compassion might be able to come in mm. if there may, were maybe like some hard edges okay. on, on the 10th, there could be some, um, you know, a little more Neptunian easing into it. Maybe the boundaries lax a little bit Okay. <laughs> after that. Yep. Um, but, uh, it makes me think just because that aspects waxing into from the square mm. energy that there is like a spotlight or an understanding of more of a spiritual awareness within this all. Cause why do we do the things we do? Why do we need to have the lines? Well, what's the bigger, what's the divine mission? That's Our right. Part of it. And, and can we lean on the divine mission for forgiveness for apology? Yeah. Yeah, that's where I get my musculature for forgiveness is my faith and my spirituality. I don't get it anywhere else because it I I wouldn't want to. So yeah, how does spirituality like help us really do that hard work, that hard emotional work? Yeah. And it could just be a great day where we just get some sort of like vision or intuition that's yeah. that springs yeah. us into like, oh, we're like, oh, because yeah. what happens the next day is Mercury opposes Uranus on the 13th. Mm. Hmm. So it's like, it's almost like we see, we connect with the Neptune energies. We, we feel it permeating in our, in an ethereal way. And then all of a sudden Mercury is like, Ooh, hello, Uranus, Uranus, <laughs> Uranus. I'm just gonna what are you over. doing over there? Right. <laughs> yeah. So Mercury and Uranus come in and to me, that's stream some sort of like either some sort of breakthrough internally hmm. Or something outside of you surprises you mm. with a message that you're like, and, oh. And that's your polarity prediction technique. Like when something is in polarity, something will happen outside of you to stir the internal shift. Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. When, when we deal with oppositions, whether they're in the sky or in our own charts, that always comes up for the most part through the projection. Okay. Um, you know, like something has to rouse us from the opposite side, you know, like, and, mm. and yeah, so it's a, it's a very an ex externalized influence that tends to happen. Nice. Um, but sometimes we're confronted with things that are just give us the great idea, right? Yeah. Like, yep. Yep. Like how many times you talk to a friend or you see something on the internet or, oh my God. you know, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, 
Yeah. Inspired. Uh, I love that. I love it. Yeah. And it happens all the time. And it's just a matter of remembering it and putting it down and then taking the <laughs> inspired action. Yeah. But that's, yeah. Uh, that's beautiful. Oh, Ooh, yeah. I love the idea of inspired. Okay. So that being said, Colin, you lead me to, you lead <laughs> me on to the, what could be the inspired action that comes because mm. who's on the coattails of Mercury? That's Mars. Mars mm. is going to make that opposition on the 17th. So within five days after Mercury gets the message, Mars is like, all right, now I'm on, I'm your, I'm your honesting. Planet says verbs. I love it. I love it. I'm your honesting now. Um, And that is, you know, these are like the tower cards coming Mm. together with like the fool card. It's explosive energy. Like we can use it in our lives to like really shake things up. Hmm. Um, but the, but the world is going to probably be pretty chaotic at the same time too. So great. Yeah. Just, you know, cause it's like the same time the sun squares Jupiter and sextiles Pluto on the 15th and 16th, uh, Venus and Capricorn squares Chiron and Aries. So, you know, relationships can be a little crunchy, a little triggered. Yeah. Crunchy. I love that adjective. Yep. Yep. <laughs> a little crunchy. Um, and so it's like a big push to move forward, right? Sun square Jupiter, like mm. it's like that's I don't know, um, I don't know, I don't know. No, you point. know, you know, you're nailing, it. and I'm like, I'm loving following everything that you're saying. It's like a cumulative story because something I'm thinking of like two or three things parallel through this lens. This is amazing. Yeah. Well, and that's what that's what seems to happen in the story. It goes back to what we were talking about earlier about the story, the stories, yeah. right? What we have our stories inside, yeah. but what yeah. what story is narrating around us all the time. There is like, there's a Morgan Freeman on your shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> a Gemini figure narrating your life. Duh. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, and so the 13th through the 17th, there's just a lot of, um, mm. there's disruptive energy, there's breakthrough energy. Uh, and there's just growth with mm. the sun squaring Jupiter. Cause that only happens a couple times a year and we are pushed into forward momentum. So mm. having all those things happen at the same time, do you have any like thing that comes mm. in your head about like what that might Ooh. look like or, or even just first yeah. thoughts? You know, what's funny. I keep going back to methods here, I guess, because I'm in the company of a fixed scholar. Uh, I of course love Dr. Manny Brown's work and she has a mnemonic device, uh, called dig deep. So it's like D I G, right? So the first one is to get deliberate. The second is to get inspired. And the third is to get going. So, you know, hello. Right. So with all this, with this pressure cooker, I think that we are asked to get really deliberate and intentional through prayer, meditation, contemplation, strategy, vision, something to really help us understand what direction am I even trying to go in, right? So that I actually have focus and concentration. Um, And then I think back to the inspiration phase, you had just mentioned it earlier. What's better than that eureka moment of when a friend mentions this, and then you see something on YouTube, and then it directs you over there. And that's the way the universe answers our prayers and connects us to information we need all the time. But I think, again, what's really uh, the biggest struggle for folks is how to put that into apply behavior analysis, you know? And so mm-hmm. that's the get going piece. And uh, what what that would look like, I we can't say because we don't know the, the full context and color of what people are experiencing. But Maybe I'm just, and you can connect to this like an Uber Capricorn moon utility or nothing, but if it's not applied in behavior, I think it's completely meaningless. If it's not instructive, I don't care. Not everything has to have a utility, but it's like, ultimately, if we're not talking about how this can be acted upon 
I'm not really that interested. I love that because okay. two things. <laughs> no, that the, the in the whole idea of getting going at the end. When, when you get go going. Ahead, how do you take all this and then not do something with it? Right. And you that know, is, that's the beauty of Mars and Scorpio and it's domicile, oh, right? That's a good point. Like good it, point. It, it, having a planet in its domicile means it sticks through it. It can mm. continue. Like it doesn't have the instability. It is, it has its own agency. That's right. Um, and so put it to work, get going, you get know, going. and I, I love the idea of the the utility that you just mentioned too, because basically we are, when Mars opposes Uranus on the 17th, we are mm-hmm. two days out from a lunar eclipse in Taurus, mm-hmm. which to me is getting going, consistency, determination, mm-hmm. utility. Like okay. it, it is making oh, yeah. something happen. That's right. That's right here on the physical realm. And that's where actions take place for the most part. Like, you know, like we can, we know when you're in like in action, even if you're in action in an intellectual way, maybe you're writing something. We see your fingers typing on the board, you know, like it's not just, something has to happen in your body (laughs) to, to make it, you know, and I think that's where it's all leading because that full moon lunar eclipse and where we're going to be introduced to the next leg of eclipses. Basically, A, we're going to be in eclipse season. So just yeah, right. understand so, that. Yeah. Hi, we're like, there. Yeah. yeah. So that whole week leading up, like we are in the eclipse portal. Life is... Oh, like, you think it's a week before? I heard month before and month after. Where do you well, stand on that cat moon? <laughs> Study of time, I, right? Well, I'd almost say even the new moon with this one, because we have the new moon moon in Scorpio. Um, so maybe the new moon in Scorpio Uh, to the full moon to then the solar eclipse. that's going to be in uh, Sagittarius, which will be our last solar eclipse in the Sag, uh, um, Gemini Gemini access party, that party. (laughs) Um, and then (laughs) that party, that party. Um, Damn. But you know, it, 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 it there's variation, but there okay. is something to be said about because if we think about that full moon lunar eclipse, right? It's going to be in mm. Taurus, so it's opposing mm. the sun in Scorpio. So we're looking mm. at a Venus ruled sign. We're looking at a Mars ruled sign, mm. and so all that action with Mars opposing Uranus right before the lunar eclipse, uh, the day before, like literally hours before the lunar eclipse, Venus trines Uranus. So we mm. have the two rulers of the lunar eclipse opposing Uranus and trining Uranus with Mm. a new moon that was opposing Uranus. So this is a Uranian disruptive breakthrough period. This whole lunation uh, cycle of, you know, 28 days, give or take, um, is, is Uranus doing some things. Mm. Um, so there is that. So I like that too. Venus trining Uranus, you know, that mm. adds an electric spark to, mm. uh, relationships, yep. uh, connectivity, uh, a creative energy in a very practical way. Cause it's happening in, um, in earth signs, yeah. you know, that are <laughs> producing, um, mm-hmm. and, and, and Mercury's trying Neptune the same time, which is another creative, yeah. energy. So we have a lot, there's a lot of creation. There's a lot of disruption and wow. there's a lot of eruption, right? You yes, know? It's yes. like, it is, it's volatile, but sometimes volatile is very erotic. Futile or wait, no, <laughs> what's the word? Yeah. And erotic. I love that. Yeah. No, it, that's you, you nailed it. It is erotic. That's the perfect word for it. I'm like, I feel like if, if you're going to own, if you're going to understand your own version of eroticism, mm-hmm. 
I feel like the like 15th through the 20th is when we'll know. Very aware. <laughs> Whether you're acting upon it or the world comes at you with some things and you're That's like, right. oh, I got to change. Oh, boy. Yeah. We heard it here first. Melissa, the crash <laughs> course, 15th to 20th of November is our educational laboratory for eroticism. eroticism. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. So write it down. Write so, you it know, down. Send, it, send it over to us. Let, let's hear what your version of eroticism is because yeah. um, yeah. I'm. We'll I, find I, out. I, we're yeah, we're gonna we're gonna find out. <laughs> we are gonna find out. Um, but yeah, I think that is uh you're gonna get a a a taste of what the next 18 months is gonna look like with the eclipses changing. So pay attention mm. to this lunar eclipse because it is a foreshadow. And mm. with lunar eclipses, things can end. So if something ends, it could be the foreshadow of what's mm. beginning. Mm. In the next, you know, 18 months, because something mm. has something fixed or something in the reality has to close down in order for the void to be created mm. to be able to be filled then. Mm. Mm. So mm. if something falls away, yeah, let it go. <laughs> oh, God, it's so hard. But yes, especially for a fixed lunar eclipse. Yeah, in Taurus, no less. Oh I God. know. They're talking about the dig they the heels. In. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm holding on. I'm not going anywhere. I know. Play the tape again. Press play. But at least I think we, I feel like we can make some peace with it or understand like the bigger picture of everything yeah. or just be on the real, the page of it all because Mercury, we close out the season with Mercury squaring Jupiter and sextiling Pluto. So Mercury catches up to where the sun was previously. Okay. Um, so where we've got the understanding back on the 15th and 16th of November with the sun squaring Jupiter and sextiling Pluto. Now Mercury can either integrate that, perceive mm-hmm. it better, communicate mm-hmm. it, Um, And so I have a feeling if we, right before the lunar eclipse, where we're like, oh, I'm growing this way, or I want to make these moves for my future, or I need to change that, that internalized understanding can then be communicated outside Mm -hmm. of yourself. Um, Once, you know, the lunar eclipse has happened, we're like, okay, Mm -hmm. well, we're over, we fell over this edge, you know, like... (laughs) 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 There's no holding back now. No, no. Yeah. So it's it's going to be a wild ride, Mr. Toad's yeah. wild ride uh, yes. for the Scorpio season. But given everything that we talked about, Colin, if you had, mm. and this is going to be a hard one because oh, all your shit. Gemini planets, mm, if you had one word <laughs> to recap the season or for Scorpio season, what would be the takeaway? I'll give you a combination if you get a combination. Well, you, well it would probably still be trust. Because mm. we did start the conversation with that only because like what you were saying, this is going to be disruptive. This is going to be innovative. This is going to be explosive, right? So, it, which is clearly what we all need. Otherwise, we wouldn't be having transits and eclipses that optimize this energy. True. I would just be thinking, okay, and now how do we bend without breaking? And how do we maintain a level of personal trust in the face of prolonged uncertainty, anticipatory grief or anything like that, right? So it would still be trust. The only thing I would just say for a combination of words though is I'm absolutely in love with Lynn Twist's book, The Soul of Money. And it's all about a context of sufficiency for personal, relational, and professional financial gains. It has completely blown my mind and I will never think about Taurus energy since we're concluding this with the lunar eclipse in Taurus. 
without looking at it from a stance and a context of sufficiency. Mm. Which can be like a tricky word, right? Because it's not like abundance, you know, and like things that feel a little bit more glamorous and manicured. But when we really understand what a context of sufficiency can do for our world, yeah, the the level of economic, social, political, environmental impacts is just unbelievable. And so, yeah, I would be sufficiency and trust. Mm, I love those. I mean, there's a lot of uh, there's a, a lot of excess that yeah. doesn't, you know, it, it's 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 too much. It's That's it's right. overly sufficient. And then there's right. so many areas that are underdeveloped that That's are not right. sufficient enough. That's right. That's right. So I, I totally agree with that. I love that word for, um, and being okay with what is sufficient enough, Yeah, yeah. you know, like, and then adding the trust element into that, because when you bring up trust again, which of course my Scorpio rising sort of shy, ah, uh, uh, right No, we'll do it. We'll do it. But it's like trust in yourself, trust in others that have mm. shown up mm-hmm. enough for you to be able to put that trust in. Mm-hmm. And number one, trust in life, trust I, in you. the universe. You know, like I love what I you said, the bend, not break. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. I was just going to ask you, like, would we use that in the kind of the context of trusting in the universe and trusting in these things? Because yeah, it's, it, those are tricky concepts when we're talking about like spirituality and faith and all of that. But yeah, when I think about trust, it is first, it's personal, it's relational, and then it's divine. And man, I've had so many wonderful experiences of trust in the divine that like, I just want to tell the people, if you don't have enough, lean on mine, because holy shit, have I seen how well this works. Oh boy. It, it, well, and it, it does all the time and we lose sight of it because yeah. the trust in the divine is like, we, if you, if you really go back to the difficult times in your life where things did not work out or you were diverted or some, you mm. know, the rug was pulled out from under you, well, where did that take you? Where did Hello. that, where did that land you? Yeah, that's you right. know, if you stood in that same place the whole time. Yeah. What would you not have now? That is very, you wouldn't valuable. have access to this conversation. I'll tell you, you that you would have been with us. <laughs> uh, you know, you wouldn't have what you have value for now. And that's another thing I'm just going to throw in there for the, in there. For, for the Taurus eclipse and Values. ending the season on Scorpio is, is value. Uh, mm. and, um, and knowing mm, what your values are, knowing what is valued because if you're not like, you, you gotta, if you gotta be moving towards what you hold value in hundred like, percent, cause if you're not, where are you going? You have no security, that's for sure. Which is another key word. <laughs> right, we're, we're playing a vocabulary lesson here. Yeah, and to get really like nerdy with you, my favorite literature on values uh, actually says that we can't have more than two because we defeat the purpose that mm. we have more than two values. And Barry Johnson at the Polarity Institute says that our values actually have to be in polarity with each other. Otherwise, we don't understand the assignment. So like the values of the last year would be, you know, Saturn ruled stability and Uranian ruled innovation. And you need stability and innovation. You need an anchor and a wave. So, and that's not Taurus's favorite methodology per se, but it is something to really think about when we're examining our values is, is there a little bit of a contradiction and opposition here? Oh, good. Let me see what it can become of me making peace with this paradox in my value Mm. structure. I love that. I love that. And and remembering that uh, values always change too. That's I don't right. value the same thing I valued 15 years ago. No, shit. A month ago. 
I'm yeah, like, <laughs> 10 minutes ago, these values changed. Oh, no, no, no. It's valuing <laughs> just, just the value. No, I know what you mean, but you're right. Yeah, that's they're in flux and that's okay. Give yourself permission to, to rethink. Yeah. Yeah. Allow yourself to change because that's the thing that might be part of this whole thing too, right? Change versus the the, the chain of Scorpio, the right. stability uh, and the rootedness of Taurus yeah. and then everything that gets shaken up in between there. So just all you fixed folks out there, <laughs> all, you know, Scorpio, Taurus, Leo, Aquarius, get ready. Get ready. <laughs> Get ready. Um, yeah, hold on. I, I just imagine all of us, we're all on the same roller coaster and it's we about are. to go down. They like we're hitting the, you know, like everybody's like, oh shit face, basically. Like some people are cooled and other people are like, you know, they're no the fixed signs are like, oh shit. Right. Ah! Yeah. The cardinal signs are like taking the picture, the mutable signs are texting and Instagramming, and the exactly. fixed signs are, just like, just, oh. are like frozen in place, mouth open. <laughs> Eyes bugged out. <laughs> what? Who, I love it. Whose idea it. was this? All the right. Universes. Well, <laughs> the universe. Yeah, exactly. right. Damn it. Blame it on the universe. No. Always. No blame. No, no blame. Right. Good point. Responsibility no only. Yes. <laughs> That's funny. All right. Colin, where can people find you? What do you got going uh, on? Tell they're, give us they're gonna find me an enormous gratitude for the luxury of being able to talk to you for this yeah. time because it's been so wonderful to talk to an astrologer. I, I like I, when I talk to other astrologers, I don't often talk to them about astrology, which is, I guess, a good thing. But it was just so nice to like let myself go there with you and learn from you. Like, this was so instructive and educational for me. So, thank you. Where they can find me is uh, at Queer Cosmos on Instagram and queercosmos.com, going through a little bit of a website redesign. Speaking oh. of Saturn, Uranus squares, yeah, 610th house, respectively. Duh. So, going through some new uh, changes there. And uh, yeah, I'm offering readings right now. I'm about to offer SMS texting, which I'm really excited about. Mm. So Gemini, right? Like, that, is, <laughs> that is. Here's your horoscope. I got um, a message for you. I, <laughs> read all about it. <laughs> I know, it's so funny. We are our stories, right? Yeah. Um, and I would like to actually, I will more than likely create a course for January. I would like to sort of give people some interesting methodologies around expressing their story in astrology. This is the first time I've ever talked about it. Hey. So we'll see. Yeah, I'm excited. I got some things brewing. Let's just say that. And Melissa, watching you work was deeply inspirational for the Aww. way that I would like to teach. So thank you for that. Well, that warms my Cancerian heart. <laughs> um, that, my Cancerian Truly. ninth house heart. Oh, um, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you're so good oh, at it. Oh I my lord! Like I love to. I love to teach. I love to yes. inspire. Yes, generate it. Yeah, yeah, you did ninth house sign. <laughs> um, well, I also do have Mercury conjunct Jupiter and Leo, so that's uh, that'll do that'll it. Do it. That'll do it. That'll do it. <laughs> um, all right. Well, where can you find me? You can find me over energeticprinciples.com. You know, yeah, I always can. do a blog post for everybody that joins me on the podcast, so I will have. One for Colin as well. So you'll be able to follow up with him uh, and get that text in your messages. That's right. I'm telling you, he'll tell you things. He tells you things. I'm, I'm telling like, you, he's going to tell you something. He'll tell you something. <laughs> and you're going to want to hear it. You don't know what it is yet. You're it'll right. Su- it'll surprise you. It'll be like, trust This me. is why I love astrologers. We really can almost hotwire the way to see people accurately. It's beautiful. I love this. I felt so seen. It's it's been so fun. I see see that Gemini 
<laughs> Leo, of course. You got to be uh, like, let that Gemini shine. That's um, right. In 150 <laughs> characters or less, right? And yes. Bing, bing, bing. <laughs> yes. Short, short text. Short, short text. And sweet. Short, short and sweet. Short and sweet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, what else? What else do I need to say? Oh, just a reminder. I got this new monthly newsletter that I've been doing called the Heavenly Wind. Oh, that's it great. Is, it's heavenly. It's of got course. wind. It, the, the word spreads on the on the air. And so if you are interested in such things, you can sign up uh, on my website, of course. Yeah. Um, and it goes out at the beginning of the month. Love um, it. And I'll check periodically because I know it's like the middle of the month. It's probably almost late month when this comes out. But I'll just be sending people, you know, a little late because you can always go back yeah. and look and be like, oh, yeah, that did happen. Um, <laughs> That's true. Retrospectives. <laughs> like, how hey, helpful. Hindsight. Yeah. 2020. That's right. Here we go. Um, and what else? And just a reminder, I'm going to be back uh, in a couple of weeks with Shu Yap and Spencer Michaud, who's going to be joining me in the podcast. Venus so... Retrograde episode. And you know, Shu is the expert on Venus cycles, first off. So mm. she's like, she's going to tell us some things. Spencer and I may or may not do a Venus Retrograde song. We're not. A ton- I'm pushing for it. Do it. I'm pushing for it. Um, the world is pushing for it. I speak yes. to everybody listening and says, you better do it. Uh, we we hopefully will do if we don't i'm speaking under mercury retrograde so all's forgiven uh <laughs> you know like there's that <laughs> oh well what can you do to help us out well you can leave a review wherever you listen to this podcast uh preferably several stars several nice stars you know several how well many mm-hmm. stars they give you just do that no Five, I, I want honest re i want yes reviews. capricorn moon um, yeah yes. give us constructive feedback Give it to me straight. Um, no, but when you do, uh, when you do leave a review, it does help the podcast be boosted among all the podcasts that exist. Because yeah. they're they're ton. Everyone every day, someone's putting their mouth to a microphone, but that's telling right. you something. Is and, the North Node in Gemini or what? Yeah, and yeah, I'm like an 85 percent of them have Gemini somewhere in their chart. You can get that. Um, Some people yeah. want to say something, but they're not saying something like you said. But if you want someone to tell you something, it should be something be, from a Gemini. It, it will. And I'd like to do a poll. I would love to do a poll of like how, how many. I would say 90 percent of all Gemini's at one time said, "I think I'm going to start a podcast," um, <laughs> and then. 75% of them never did. Um, <laughs> I know. Yeah. How many actually did it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, another way to get the podcast out there is to share it with a friend, spread the good yeah, word, use that air energy, spread it around. People need to know about Scorpio season because things be happening. Uh, so definitely mm. share the good word. Um, and all right. Other than that, I mean, Colin, so glad to have you on the program. Oh, such an honor. Such an honor, Melissa. Thank you so much for having me here. I hope I get to meet you and hug you one day soon. I would love that. Yes, I will. I will take it in. At first, the Capricorn moon would be like, oh, and then I'll be like, <laughs> and, then, and then when I'm there, I'm like, oh, oh, all right. You're cold this, too. This, this, right. good, good, good. <laughs> there, yes. there. Yeah. So one day, one day. I hope. Oh, all right, everyone. And thank you for tuning in to us. Gab, all about Scorpio season. We wish you the best as we get ready to enter the next eclipse season. It's going to be a big one. So yes, uh, it will. everyone take care of yourselves. Uh, do good for yourself right. and the world. That's right. And uh, we'll see you next episode. And as always, may the stars be with you. Mm-hmm.